Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you focus on what is instead of what was. I'll also be interviewing relationship expert Hope Suess, who talks about being single in midlife. She also reviews her book, Midlife Joyride, Love in the Single Lane. For more information about Hope, please visit HopeBoulevard.com. You may also purchase Hope's book on Amazon or in the store at JamesMillerLifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Focusing on what was versus what is. There is a famous quote that says rain falls on the just and the unjust, meaning life happens to everybody. It doesn't matter if you're considered a quote, good or bad person life is going to happen to us. Unfortunately, so many times we will be blindsided in life and uncertain of what to do. When we have a huge shift in our life, unfortunately, we get stuck in what was as opposed to what is. For example, life could cause you to become bankrupt, have some sort of health condition, lose a loved one, divorce, unemployment, the list goes on and on. When we're currently in a situation, it's very natural to grieve. Grief is the natural progression of how we move on to the next chapter in our life. But unfortunately, when we don't grieve appropriately or healthily, we can often get stunted in our development. You get to determine what your grief looks like and how you express it. But if you find that you're struggling with your current situation or can't even fathom what your future would be like, it is important to have your friends or maybe even a professional like myself help walk you through that. In my field, we have what's called radical acceptance. Radical acceptance basically means you look at the facts as they are. You look at the situation as a whole and recognize that it is currently a reality. It doesn't mean you like it. It doesn't mean you agree with it. It doesn't mean whatever's happened to you is even right, just, fair, or even healthy. The point is the facts are the facts and unfortunately they won't change. When you can start to look at your life in that respect, it helps you focus on what you can do versus what you cannot do. Unfortunately, many times we look at our past and our current situation and we categorize it as either good or bad. Our past was good, our current situation is bad. And then you forecast that to your future by saying, my past was good, my future is bad. The reality is, your future is different. When you remove the good and bad stigma from both the past and the future, it helps you realize that your life will be different. 
When you use radical acceptance, it helps pull you out of the overwhelming grief you're experiencing. As we know, it's so easy to fall into incredibly difficult episodes of grief and not know how to pull ourselves out of it. So our self-talk that we create when we look at our future is basically saying, this is my current situation. It doesn't behoove me to focus on what I've lost because my current situation is my current situation. You're going to hear a wonderful interview from author Hope Suess, who's going to talk about being single in midlife. Many of us have experienced heartache in our life. And of course, at midlife, or really at any time, when we look at our life and think, oh my goodness, how in the world did I get here? Once again, we'll often fantasize about our earlier life and wish that we could go back to that. And as much as I wish you could, my friend, unfortunately, you cannot. This is the time to imagine how your future is going to be. And once again, it's not good or bad. It's simply different. For those of you who have lost somebody, the world may tell you, you need to go out and date again, or you need to love again. The reality is, if that's not for you, then that's not for you. Or if you do want to go out and date again, or if you do want to try a new business, or you do want to do something different in your life, that choice is yours. But the lesson for today is to separate between what was versus what is and remove the labels of good and bad. Because if you don't remove those stigmas, unfortunately, your future will look very bleak. Radically accept the facts as they are. Focus on what you can change instead of what you cannot change. A good analogy for that is driving in your car. The windshield is in front of you and you can see for miles and miles in front of you. And you have a tiny rear view mirror that you look through to look behind you. That's the same thing in life. When you reverse those and stare through the rear view mirror, instead of looking to your future, you will never be able to fully commit to the next chapter of your life. And of course, grieve in a healthy way and take as much time as you need in your grief, but realize that you have to put that grief aside eventually. Be proactive in your life. Your life is not over. You have not smiled your last smile. You have not danced your last dance. You have not laughed your deepest belly laugh. Your future is as bright as you want it to be. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Jay Hope Suess is an author and relationship expert from Greenville, South Carolina. Hope has a blog and a website called Hope Boulevard dedicated to inspiration, relationship advice, and encouragement to help her hopefuls live their best lives now. She has just released her first book, Midlife Joyride, which is a lighthearted yet meaningful combination of true stories and relationship advice for Sims, whom she calls single in midlife. Hope also believes a best relationship is, quote, relationship you and encourages everyone to hope with abandon. Welcome to my show, Hope. Hi, thank you very much. Good to be here, James. Yes, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I think so many of my listeners can really relate with being single or having to start over in a relationship life at midlife. So this is going to be great to hear your expertise and really talk about your book, Midlife Joyride, as well. Sure. Now, how did you become a relationship expert? (laughs) Well, most of that probably was by uh, default and experience. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) <laughs> I um I am 53 and I am single so I am one of the uh sims myself and it is a turn out, uh, we are one of the largest growing demographics in America. So oh, really? wow. um, most people do not intend to think that they're going to end up being single in midlife, but um, 
so many of us do, and we just have to embrace it and and move forward. Yeah, because I'm sure so many of us, I'm not yet midlife, I'm in my, my 40s, but so many people, when you reflect on your life, you look back and think, how in the world did my life get here? Or I was not expecting my life to be the way it is today. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. It's just many people are just caught off guard with some of the pitfalls or the curveballs that are thrown at us in life. Absolutely. Um, For me, I've actually been single for uh, quite a while. I found myself um, with two ex-husbands by the time I was in my early 30s. And so I knew that I needed to step back and regroup, uh, reevaluate things and look at the mistakes I had made. Uh, Plus, I had uh, two daughters that I needed to raise. So I was a single mom. And through that process, I did learn um, a lot of things. And, uh, you know, I just reflected on uh, my life and what I wanted and what I needed out of life. And so as I was going through, I did date, you know, I was dating during that time period. I was doing online dating, you know, when it really wasn't cool or even, you know, as (laughs) as it was now. Yeah, you don't talk and, about it, but you didn't talk about it back then, that's for sure. <laughs> absolutely. But what I discovered, you know, that there are so many of us, like you said, this is not exactly where we intended to be. You know, we thought we would get married when we were young and raise a family. We would retire with uh, rocking chairs on porches or we'd be traveling. And, you know, to wake up one day and discover that, you know, you're all alone is very overwhelming and frustrating and frightening. Um, And we all come to this uh, realization by different paths. I mean, you know, some never chose, you know, to get married. They either were pursuing a career or family business or maybe taking care of family members. Um, Obviously, there are some that go through divorce. And then unfortunately, there are those who lose their partner or their spouse through a death. And each of those avenues creates uh, a different dynamic and, you know, healing from it and moving forward kind of, you know, takes a different path as well. Yes, it does. Now, you've coined the phrase solitary refinement. What does that mean? For me, that means just a, a time where you reflect on yourself, you work on yourself. Like you mentioned earlier, relationship you is so important. Um, it's really before you can have a successful, sustaining long term relationship with another person, you have to be able to have one with yourself. You have to be able, you know, to spend some time. Uh, looking yourself in the mirror and going, you know, what do I want? What do I need? What are my goals? What are my strengths? You know, sometimes we fall into the trap, you know, because we're told and we tell our children and we tell ourselves we can do anything we want to (laughs) do. And, you know, for the most part, I understand, you know, that philosophy. But I write in the book, you know, it's like as much as I like to sing, I'm never going to win a Grammy. (laughs) So, you know, we we do have to work on our strengths and, you know, focus on how we can live our best lives now. Mm -hmm. And I think so many times when we are single, I mean, that's a wonderful time to really, like you said, to, to, to do all that. But it's also a time to really enjoy life as well, because when you are in a, in a relationship, your perception of self is going to change. For example, James the Bachelor is going to be slightly different than James the person in a relationship because my accountability is different. My version of life is different. My, my viewpoint of life is different as well. So learning how to 
really appreciate that single side of you and then to transition, should someone get into a relationship, really transition into what that new version of self is, but having a very strong foundation of who you are. But when you can really understand the nuances of your, of your personality and enjoy what's in front of you today, it helps you then be even more prepared for when you do become in a relationship. Absolutely. Because for those who are, you know, that were married for two decades or even some three decades, and then they find themselves starting over again, most of their identity is wrapped up in their, you know, their spouse Mm -hmm. and or their ex-spouse. And so to start over again, they do need some time to say, okay, who am I today? What do I want today? What can I contribute? And what do I need to feed into myself? And it can be completely different. And, you know, than what it was when you first started out, you know, when they started out, you know, in their Mm twenties. And I think that's, that is very difficult because when people do reflect on my life now versus how did I even date? Or I don't even know how to date, or I can't even imagine dating. I mean, it can be very scary. Absolutely. I mean, I have friends and people that, you know, come up to me, you know, after reading a blog or reading my book and they were going, you know, I had no idea how to start over again. I mean, it's like I don't know how to do the online dating. I don't know how to make a profile. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. It's, it's just so overwhelming and intimidating. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a perfect segue into your book, Midlife Joyride, Love in the Single Lane. You really talk about all those things as well. Um, and I think that's a wonderful, it's, it's a wonderful guidebook, if you will, to really help people. You, you really answer the questions that people have uh, because many people just don't talk about that nowadays or it's just an assumed because online dating has been um, in vogue for so long now that it's like, well, everybody knows how to do it. But the reality is right. you don't really. I mean, it's, they can be very overwhelming. Um, I believe it's match.com has so many questions in the profile. I'm like, oh my gosh, they become overwhelming of even how to answer those questions. Absolutely. And um, so I do, uh, I do give very, the whole second section of the book is very detailed information on how to set up a profile and Mm. what to say and what not to say. And there's also information on how to interpret someone else's profile, because that is almost just as important as your profile, knowing, you know, how to read between the lines a little bit and try to, you know, figure out what exactly it is that they're saying or what they're wanting, because you don't want to waste your time. There's so many people out there, you Uh know, and you want to make the best use of your time and their time because you don't want to be out there just haphazardly doing it. If you're serious about it, then you need to approach it like any other aspect in your life where, you know, that, that you're serious for it. And so there, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the first meet and, you know, just things to look out for and how to feel good about it, how to feel confident. And so there's some really, really good uh, information for those, like you said, who've never really even thought that they would ever be back there in the dating game again. Well, what would be some red flags that some people may, may not even realize when they read a profile? One of the first ones to me is looking for fun. Mm. And that at, at first glance, that would be, okay, that's perfect. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking for fun too. <laughs> um, typically when someone starts off that way, they are, um, this is just my opinion and my experience, but they uh, tend to be wanting much more of a, a superficial, casual relationship, mm, maybe physical even relationship, sure. a physical, sexual relationship very soon. Um, the ones that say open-minded, 
that kind of tends to be along the same line. Um, you know, they want uh, someone that's a little bit more uh, lax and doesn't have as many strict boundaries about what they want and 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 goals and stuff. They're a little, you know, so it tends to be more um, outside the lines of what we normally think of when we think about a relationship. Um, Ones that say, you know, there's several that will say wanted a good hearted woman or a good hearted man, which obviously we all want a good hearted person. Mm -hmm. uh, these people, though, tend to have had um, heartbreak mm -hmm. and very, very um, bad experiences. So they're a little jaded and maybe a little skeptical. So they that doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them someone you should avoid. But it is something that you should think about as far as, you know, how much time and commitment it might take to bring them out. Mm -hmm. And I think it also goes back to everybody's going to have a different opinion of what kind of relationship they want. So I think anyone who's going back into the dating scene is really asking themselves, well, what, what kind of relationship do I want long term? Some people don't want to get married again. Some people, there are some people who don't want a monogamous relationship. They want an open relationship. So I think it's important for each person to kind of really re rethink that or retweak that themselves. Uh, they may not even know until they're back in the dating pool, but that is something to be aware of that if you go in thinking that everyone's looking for the same thing, which that's a very broad blanket statement for me to say. But if we think, well, of course, I want a wholesome, uh, monogamous relationship with someone, but not everybody wants that. So it's really important for us to really identify that for ourselves to, to say, well, what is it I'm looking for? Let me be real clear in my own, my own mind and even in my own expectations. So as I do venture out again, I know what to look for. You know, obviously your advice, but I know what to look for and what to, what to, um, what to ignore because it can't, it can't be scary. And unfortunately, we can't get hurt again. Absolutely. And that's one of the very first things that I talk about is knowing what you want and being very specific about what you want. And when you read someone else's profile, knowing what they say and don't try to convince them otherwise. If they say, I just want a casual friendship, a casual relationship, you know, then you need to believe that you need to believe and mm -hmm. accept what they say, because if not, you're setting yourself and them up for disappointment yeah. and frustration. Exactly. And unfortunately, that's very uh, that's very disappointing because if you're trying to, you know, you think about this in general, if you're, if you're trying to convince someone to like you or convince someone to have the same goals that you have, that's what you're going to be doing for that whole relationship or however long you're with them. And you're never going right. to feel fulfilled. And that's just really a setup for, for failure. Absolutely. What are some things in which you help people really recognize when to walk away? I mean, it's, that's an important part. Uh, not every person we meet is supposed to be in our life, even in the dating world. How do you help them recognize when to walk away? Well, I've discovered that, you know, as especially in the in the midlife and the older years that, you know, we hopefully we have gotten to the point where um, we recognize when someone is not good for us, when they're not bringing out the best of mm -hmm. the best in us. And, you know, when we are spending way too much time uh, trying to please them or trying to compensate or covering for ourselves, defending ourselves, any type of relationship where someone um, is you know, trying to control you or trying to make you feel less than who you are, you should always, you know, walk away. A relationship should always mm -hmm. make you feel safe and comfortable and secure. And it should never be something that you go into 
questioning, is this person going to be around? Am I doing the right thing? Do I, you know, when you're walking on eggshells, all of those things, you know, you need to reevaluate because, you know, you don't want to spend, especially if you're starting over with a new relationship, you don't want to spend any more time with someone who is unhealthy for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially if they're trying to change you all the time, you know, you just meet them on the first date and they're already saying, you shouldn't wear this or you shouldn't, didn't, shouldn't do this. I mean, that in itself is a huge red flag and hopefully people can walk away from that. But I like to look at relationships itself as the other person. It's about complementing your strengths, not really pointing out your deficits. And I think when we can really go into a relationship with that mindset, it helps us feel as if we're growing and developing in a powerful, positive way, as opposed to constantly second guessing ourselves and feeling badly about ourselves. Absolutely. You talk about um, learning how to discover your love for yourself. Uh, can you give us some information of how you would do that? Well, I, the, the last section of the book, and it is called Relationship You, and in it I talk about creating a single file. Um, I talk about doing an emotional filing system where, you know, an expandable file where we can just input things into our life. I talk about having a friendship file and an enrichment file and a dream file. And it's just a time where we can explore new options. Uh, We can, you know, pick up an old hobby that we had to put down because we got busy with life or we can think outside the box and, and come up with something new or we can travel or we can pursue a dream that we never thought we would have the ability to do. And all of these things just, you know, encourages our hearts and lifts our spirits. And, you know, it's just so amazing when you go out there and you try something new or you take a risk, how much, you know, better you feel about yourself and how the world just seems brighter and and more open. Mm, That's beautiful. How do you really help people recognize that their life is not over? I mean, obviously with what you're saying, that that, that's rediscovering who they are, but to really hold on to that mindset, because I think that's one of the most important things is when people either have a breakup or they've lost um, their spouse or they have a divorce, all those different elements. Like we said at the beginning, there's so much pain there. How do you help them pull themselves out of it to say, yes, there's something more, should I want it? Well, you mentioned my um, my life phrase and my tagline, which is hope with abandon. And I got that because from the the phrase in Dante's Inferno, where it says, you know, abandon all hope ye who enter here. And I just wanted to flip that around. Mm, and I, I like just that. want you know, everyone to hope with abandon. I want everyone to realize that they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Everyone is a unique and beautiful individual. And sure, I mean, I don't necessarily want to be one of those, you know, chirpy, annoying people that says, (laughs) you know, no matter what, it's going to be great, you know, because reality is you do have bad days and you do have parts of your life that are struggles and you encounter obstacles, but we do all within us have the ability to hope and to be positive. And if we can, you know, um, channel that, that hopeful energy that we can handle things. We have family to hold on, you know, to reach out to. We have friends, we have faith, and we can, you know, use all of those resources to get us through the hard times. And if we just hold on to the concept of hope and joyful expectation, then we can get through the bad times because we know that something good is around the corner. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And well, it was really at how you, on what you focus. If I focus on 
what I feel right now. And in my field, we have what's called emotional forecasting. If I forecast what I currently feel and say, that's what my future is going to be like, unfortunately, we're setting ourselves up to feel like our future is going to be bleak and dismal. But the reality is what you're experiencing right now, the emotions you're experiencing right now, are going to change. And once you have that awareness that what I feel now is just isolated for today, and then it's each day as we wake up, we have a chance to reset. And so, yes, we are going to have those down times, but it's so important for us to realize that emotional forecasting, when done in an unhealthy way, really sets a foundation for us to have a really bleak um, and dismal future. So I would really encourage my listeners today to, to be careful of that. If you're experiencing something that you feel really overwhelmed and you think your future is always going to be that way, it's not at all. It's just simply what you're experiencing right now. Yes, and I'm a big um, a proponent, and I tell you know my readers and, and my listeners to you know stand in front of the mirror, talk to the person in the mirror. You know we have conversations yes. with people you know over dinners and and tables, but you know get in front of the mirror and talk to yourself and tell yourself that you know the positive, wonderful things that you want, that you need, and it's very empowering to look yourself in the eye and say those things. Yes, it, it truly is. I remember when I first did this years ago, I've actually got embarrassed. I, you know, I, I was actually blushing when I was giving myself compliments about different things. And, and when people can practice this more often, it becomes much more powerful. But I would be, I would really <laughs> just let people know that once you do start that, it is going to feel awkward and embarrassing at first because you're going to blush when you give yourself a compliment. But as you get more familiar with it, you become this empowered version of who you're going to be and who you want to become. Right. So Hope, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, about the amazing work that you're doing, even buy this book, Midlife Joyride, Love in the Single Lane, where would they find this information online? Yep. I have a website. It's hopeboulevard.com. There's a link there to all of my blogs and there's a link to my book. The book also is for sale on Amazon and it is called Midlife Joyride. So I'm on Twitter. and Instagram also with Hope Boulevard. So I would be just thrilled uh, to have people come check it out. Excellent. So Hope, what I'm going to do as well is I'm going to put your book, Midlife Joyride, Love in the Single Lane, on in my store as well. So if my listeners aren't able to find it on Amazon, simply go to the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com and you can type in J. Hope Suis. And the book is Midlife Joyride, Love in the Single Lane. Hope, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. It's been an absolute pleasure hearing your amazing wisdom. And I'm sure this has inspired so many of my listeners today. All right. Thank you so much, James. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.